Hi, listeners. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Learn more by visiting podvoices.help. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. And again, that website is podvoices.help. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And I am a sailor on a commuter ferry from Canada about to have the absolute worst day of my fucking life. And I'm a barracuda off the coast of Canada about to have the best fucking day of my life. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. (sighs) How are you, Paige? I'm good. I'm living right now in what I want to call COVID limbo. I don't know if I have it. I don't know if I don't. Um, On yesterday, Monday, Danny tested positive. And as I so lovingly put it a couple days ago, yesterday, no, don't say it. (laughs) Say it. It just was horrible. (laughs) I was tonsils deep in his mouth. So, you know, who's to say? I, you know, the odds are against me, um, but I feel fine today. I'm probably still in the incubation period. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I have an at-home test. It has two tests in it. I'm going to take it tomorrow before I go into work. Um, but here's the thing. COVID swept through the funeral home twice, and I did not get it either time, as far as I know. Um, so maybe I'm resilient. Who's to say? Maybe my maybe my body is so busy with the diabetes, it's like, get out. Everything else, get out. We don't have time for this. <laughs> Well, we will be thinking good thoughts and sending good vibes to you. I'm speaking on behalf of me and the listeners, but I know they would agree. Um, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you heard um, what we read. That was actually like a, almost like a crowd-sourced thing that a bunch of different people in the podcast industry put together. So um, a, a ton of like popular and big and then small, like us podcasts, are just reading that copy. So... Um, yeah, we encourage you to check out that website, and we'll link it on all the things, too. But needless to say, we are disgusted with what happened at the Supreme Court. Disgusted, and I'll just say it, I feel a little afraid about what's to come in the future. I mean, I feel like this is just the start, so, you know... Let's do what we can. Let's do what we can to make our voices heard. And I don't know, I don't know if you heard about this, but this just went around on TikTok that someone doxed the Supreme Court, which basically means they got their IP addresses and leaked all of their addresses and credit card numbers and their literal IP addresses on the internet. And I'm like, you know what? The protests haven't been doing enough. Maybe this is what we need to do. Maybe we need to do more. And if this is what it takes, maybe this is what it takes. Yeah, all I have to say to that is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Amen to that. Someone, one of them, I'm not sure which one, but has a home and their address was linked to Boulder, Colorado. And I'm like, hmm, it's only like an hour drive for me. I could go egg them. Yeah, that might be fun. Not saying that we are going to, but. I did see that a bunch of people are mailing them. You can bleep this out, but pornographic images just to just to be a dick. See, that almost makes me mad because I'm like, they don't deserve it. Those porn stars 
do not are are cool. They do not deserve to be seen by such trash. That's a very valid point. Ooh, maybe I'll mail them some eggs, just not refrigerated. You know I got a hate letter in the works. Good. Good, good, good. Um, in all seriousness, though, Emily and I both, obviously, you all know this, we live in Colorado, which is a state that um, abortion is still legal. And, you know, we have access to, you know, pretty great health care in terms of that. And we are here to support our listeners. We love you guys. You have supported us through literally the past two years. So we are here to support you. So, you know, let us know if you need anything. We are here, you know, to be an aid in that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Paige. So moving on to recommendations corner, I'm going to go first this week because I haven't gone first in a while. And I'm going to pivot because Paige and I were discussing what we might do beforehand. And I said I might do one thing. I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm going to do? Aloe vera. It's like an ancient herb, is it not? Didn't indigenous people use it or like discover how to use it for different things? I don't know if I'd consider it an herb, but yes, you're correct. I'm sunburnt, crispy. I went to a water park yesterday and had a grand old time, reapplied sunscreen four times, still didn't do the trick. So I'm thankful for aloe vera today and I recommend it to anyone who might be going through the same thing if you're in the northern hemisphere it's summer so yeah have i ever told you the story about the guy that i worked at with chipotle who quote unquote did not believe in sunscreen no and i'm gonna paint you a picture um blonde hair blue eyes white capital capital w white um, and I, he was talking about, we have a big reservoir here where I live that it's just a very popular, nice weather spot to go paddleboarding, swimming, just all kinds of stuff, hammocking. And so he was talking about going up there and I was like, oh, don't forget to put sunscreen on. It's supposed to be a really hot day out. And he was like, I actually don't believe in sunscreen. And I was like, ah, I'm sorry, what? what and he was like yeah you know the sun is just a natural thing and i don't understand why i would put chemicals on my body to stop something that i'm supposed to get from entering my skin it just seems counterintuitive and i was like okay i the thought that you're having is valid however you need to you need to consider that your ancestors, I'm assuming, given what you look like, originated from a part of the globe that is far away from the sun, and you could exist without sunscreen from that part. Now you live in Colorado, where we are literally a mile closer to the sun. Your body is not built to live here, my friend. This is how you get skin cancer. I did not say that. I I nicely said it, like, well, you know, like... We are we are in Colorado, so you know it's a little different in terms of that. And he was like, I guess, but you know, I just you know I don't really like the way that sunscreen makes me feel. And I was like, to each their own, I guess. But I don't think you're gonna like the way skin cancer makes makes you feel either. That is horrific. I'm sad to say that I saw on the one Reddit thread that I consistently look at, which I've mentioned on this podcast before. It's called Jim Snark. Um, a fitness influencer was touting that same crap the other day about how it's like unnatural. I'm like, that is dangerous because when you have a platform, you should not be spouting weird shit with your BS and fucking economics or whatever you got it in. Like, I don't want to hear from you. Like one time I went to St. Louis, which is in Missouri, which is pretty farther north than Colorado. I think it's like equal, bro. Before you get hate mail. <laughs> I'm about to look at this map. I think, isn't Missouri, when you think of the chef in the United States, he's like the nose and the face? I don't know what that means. I've never heard of that, but St. Louis is farther south than here. Alrighty, hold on. I gotta look at this. Um, Just go to your Apple map, seriously. I'm in regards to the the chef in the United States. There's a line that's like Iowa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I want to say maybe like mm, 
I don't know. But it looks like a chef wearing a hat holding a tray. What? Okay, here it is. So it consists of Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Minnesota is the chef's hat. Oh, I, I see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's holding the tray, which is Tennessee, and Kentucky is the food. Right, right, right. So I guess Missouri is the stomach of that. I guess they are pretty equal to Colorado. Well, anyways, elevation-wise, it's much lower. And I um, did not wear sunscreen one day. We went to the zoo. I completely forgot. Did not get burned at all. And I am the type of person that I get sunburned for sure. So it's just like, like you have to be conscious of where you are. You know, that the, the, that idea, sure. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But like in Colorado, you are going to suffer. Yep. Yep. Anyways, what's your recommendation? <laughs> Anyways, my recommendation corner for all the gaming friends out there, Steam is having their summer sale. If you are not hopping on this, you gotta. I'm sorry, but like this is the only thing that capitalism is good for, the Steam summer sale. I'm going to give a shout out to Tom here. Tom, I got Planet Zoo and it's amazing. I just want you to know that I'm obsessed with it. I played like 10 hours of it already. But anyways, so I had about 15 games in my wish list and pretty much like every single game that was actually in my wish list was at least 75% off. At least 75. I put six items I, that I for sure knew I wanted into my cart, totaled what it would be retail without any sales. It would have been about $200. I bought everything for $58. They were begging me to get the games. Civ 6 market value, $59.99, I got for $8.99. If I had bought that one game market value, it would have been more than all the games I got put together. It was insane. So if you're a gaming, if you're a gaming girly, if you're a gaming aficionado, you got to check out the Steam Summer Sale. It will be worth your time, I promise. I love that. That's a hot tip. Did you say Sims 6? Civ 6, Civilization. However, I did also get Sims 4. So, you know, I got it for, I want to say, maybe like $12.99 and it was $20.99 retail maybe. Do the new Sims still do the thing where they, like, light their kitchens on fire? Or is that... I haven't, I haven't played it yet, and I've never played the Sims before. So I'm waiting to, like... I'm getting my Planet Zoo fix out right now, and I'm playing that. So I'm, you know, I don't want to get invested in a lot of games at one time. Like, I want to get my fill and then move on to something else. Totally. Well, let us know how you feel about each new game when you try it. Thank you, I will. All right. This week we read our third section of Free Tanner, second to last. Um, lots moving and shaking. What did you think of this section, Paige? I, this section, I would say capital M manipulation trademark. That was all this section was, was just manipulation. I feel very bad for everyone involved. I kind of feel a little bad for Riley, too, because even he doesn't know what's going on right now. Like, fully. He really doesn't know he's getting played. Everyone here, everyone, yeah, everyone in this chapter that we, that talked to, was talked about, they're all going to be dead the next time that we meet together. So that's kind of a bummer. I am really loving, per usual, the alliance between Fred and Bree, I think it's just really genuine and really sweet. And I just want, I wish, I really wish the best for Fred. I really hope that he gets out. I don't think he's going to, but I, he's just such a, like a genuine character. And I feel like he's a good guy at heart. I bet the Collins would have liked him. You know, Edward is so horrible and terrible. Maybe he would have gotten along with Fred. I don't know. So I just, I really liked him. And interesting that Diego isn't here. I, for a long time, I felt like Riley was lying and that he was dead. 
But then there was like some like like messages for Bree that made it seem like he's alive. So now I'm like, I think he's alive, but also half of me suspects that he might already be dead. I don't know. I feel a little question mark about the whole situation um, because they're literally about to head to battle when we finished and we still have not seen Diego this entire section. I I really don't know. I kind of thought that maybe Diego and Bree were going to be sent on the recon mission to get the the shirts and stuff from um, from Bella's house, but then that wasn't it. I was wrong. I kind of had predicted that in my head, but it ended up not being the case. And then my final note, and maybe I just, I'm projecting what I want onto this, but I want to get your opinion. Does it kind of seem like Riley might have a little crushity crush on Diego? Uh, I hadn't considered it. I'm not against the idea. I just, I personally hadn't picked up on any signals. What's your rationale? I Well, one, I just want it so bad. Um, and two, I just, I feel like he's just so endearing towards Diego, so complimentary towards Diego. And maybe it's just because, I mean, like Bree, Riley is in a situation where he doesn't really have any allies. Like, he has Victoria, but I don't know how much he really really believes she's there for him. I don't know. I feel like he really views Diego as an ally and I could maybe maybe he's just really really excited about that and I'm misconstruing it as affection, but I just felt like he was just really on Diego's side on things. I would love to hear what the listeners think. We haven't heard a, a ton from y'all in a while and I know a lot of you were reading this book for the first time too. So, let us know in the comment section no just anywhere you know how to find us ad sent a really great photo this morning of um they're eating some quote-unquote fertilizer it was really a wendy's frosty but you know i thought it was great so i will i will say thank you for that <laughs> that's hilarious um i had a couple questions too okay so i'm in the same boat with diego i don't remember what happens to him so i'm like so here's a question if he's dead who killed him victoria Cause like you think that Riley wouldn't do it. And I really think Riley wouldn't do it because, and I don't really think Victoria would do it either because they want all the numbers they could get. So like, if he is dead, what happened to him? I'm not like making fun of you. I straight up am asking. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I just, it, it felt suspicious to me for a long time that he wasn't there and coming back. And it wasn't until Riley had delivered the messages like it's a ninja thing and the handshake thing that I was like oh well maybe he is alive I maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm trying to think if anything happened in Eclipse where they were like we caught a straggler and we killed him or we I don't think that that ever happened in Eclipse maybe he is alive I don't know I just for a while it just felt suspicious to me that he wasn't there and I'm sure that it was just a device that Stephanie used to you know, build tension a little bit. And, you know, we're reading it from Bree's perspective and Bree's really only main ally and I guess love interest in this novella is him. So for him to not be there kind of builds builds the stakes a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And given how Riley freaks out when he gets back that one other vampire has died and he doesn't even know who it is, just some straggler, regular guy, regular schmo, if Diego were to be dead, I think he would be even more upset. Yeah, I agree with that. I also thought he was going to be, I literally wrote it in my notes. Oh, so Diego was the one in Bella's room, but then they have the shirt, so it wasn't him. So I'm like, what was he doing? Just hanging out in some trees, I guess. Like, maybe maybe they're using him because they know he's good and reliable and that he's not going to run away or anything. That if, well, they'll use him as recon. And if one of the Cullens does meet up with Diego, they have maybe a little more confidence that he'd be able to hold himself in a fight. Maybe that's why they're using him as sort of like, we need someone out there on the front lines that we think we'll stand a fair chance at a fight. 
but we also need the recon done, basically. Yeah, and also, if they were to come across Edward, he wouldn't know who his creator was. Right, right. I was wondering that they mention it, um... Well they, met, well, they mentioned that Riley says that he, you know, collected this shirt or, or whatever from Bella's house. And so we find out that's why they didn't recognize the scent, because it's Riley. And I obviously don't know how vampirism works, but I kind of felt like, wouldn't Riley kind of smell like Victoria? I don't think it works that way. Ah, well, whatever. Um, I, I totally see where you're coming from, too. And then, related, like, how did they never notice Diego? I guess because Alice, like, doesn't know of his existence? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's just a question mark. It really is. One more question before we go over the plot. What do you think Fred is trying to say to Bree? Because he's, like, clearly trying to get her alone to give her a message. I just feel like he's he is picking up on the bad vibes when all the points where Bree Bree notices like Bree is thinking things out like oh this would really only benefits Victoria why should we be focusing on the on the human when I thought that the focus was supposed to be on the yellow eyes I can think of a million other ways that this would be a better a better plan to kill the yellow eyes than this. This doesn't make sense. I feel like Fred is picking up on the exact same shit. Fred, Fred has been silent and has been absorbing everything. He has the luxury of not having to interact with everyone, have not having people in his space so he can just watch and gather information. So I feel like Fred is on the exact same wavelength as Bree. So I think that he's trying to pull her aside and be like, we got to get out of here. This is not good. We are being used right now. And he sees her as an ally. I feel like that's that's pretty plain. I would be completely shocked if he was like, I don't like you. I'm out of here. You know, like he's trying to pull her aside and tell her something for a reason. And I think it's to be like, we got to scram. This is bad news bears. Totally. Yeah, I think so too. Again, I don't remember what he does or says. So, but I, I am in full agreement with you. It makes me a little sad. Like, obviously Diego is a good thing for Brie and, you know, they probably needed each other at this time. But if she had never, I mean, I guess if she had never interacted with Diego, she would be in a different situation now. But even after she met with Diego and she had come back, they had come back to the room, she made a point to say that her and Fred had kind of made this, this bond, even if it wasn't grounded in anything she she had made a point to say like I always sat there he didn't bother me I didn't bother him I left the books for him he read the books so they already had something going on before her and Diego had any kind of a thing Fred probably would have picked up on this shit even if Bree didn't know because he's listening he's he's noticing these things if Diego had never come around and never did anything with Brie and Brie was just left alone with Fred, they probably could have escaped together. They probably could have gotten out. And I mean, obviously we know Brie dies. I don't, we don't know if Fred dies or not. I'm assuming yes, because I mean, why? I, I wouldn't have any reason not to think that he didn't survive, you know, but I just, just that would have been a better a better it would have been, it would have made me happier to see the two of them get out together me too but then we would never have known this story you got me there kid i mean unless stephanie wrote it and just was like here's two that you didn't know about but i don't see that happening i don't know she she liked this character exercise and she wrote four books that i didn't ask for she still wrote them so <laughs> says you who is on a two-year podcast about the four books that she wrote she's covering her face <laughs> that's funny okay let's jump into the plot so we left off with Bree just kind of like anxiously waiting to see when Riley would come back and hopefully he would have Diego as we already know he does not because Diego's off on what he says what Riley says is recon but as Paige 
referenced earlier, Riley shows up and sees that, as we had discussed in the last section, there is um, a vampire burning in the room and he loses his motherfucking mind. He starts ripping people's arms off. He starts throwing people like through the wall and like making holes in the wall, which I just did not need to know that they reattach their limbs by licking them. I didn't want to know. I I do I do a little bit want to know that if you if you ripped off let's say a penis could it reattach? That's all. I just I'm just wondering. Does another vampire's venom work or does it have to be your own venom? That's a good question. I'm sure there are answers to this out there but I haven't looked them up. I will say on a separate note, Riley is throwing a big fat huge tantrum. However, however, I can't say that I haven't been there. Now, I haven't been here specifically. I definitely haven't ripped any arms off. But when it comes to love, when it comes to impressing your crush, when things don't go your way, I I get it. One time I was I had promised to make a lasagna for Danny and his sister and his sister's boyfriend, who they were all living together at the time. And it was still pretty early on in us knowing each other. And I was like, I'm going to wow them. This is going to be amazing. This is the best thing I make. And we go to the grocery store and they did not have the lasagna noodles that I usually use. They had a different kind that I'd never used before. And I about ripped some people's arms off. I like, I was about to, I, I, I had a, pretty much a meltdown at King Supers because I was like, it's not even worth it to make it at this point. It's not going to be good. I don't know what this is. And it was all because I wanted to impress people and it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to. So I, all I got to say is I, while I can't empathize, I can at least understand where this is all coming from. Did you end up making the lasagna or no? I did. See, part of the issue was I hadn't eaten and I was a little, I, you know, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Um, and so we went out to the car. I had a little snackety snack and then I felt better. And I was like, let's just do it. Let's just take a risk. And it ended up being fine. It wasn't great because it was the noodles. I don't know if you've ever cooked with them before, but they were already cooked. You just had to put them in the lasagna like they were dry noodles that were already cooked. So you didn't have to boil them. You just put them crunchy and hard in the lasagna and then they cooked and softened up. I'd never cooked with them before. And that's why I was very nervous because I was like, I've never even heard of this before, but there were also non-gluten-free versions of the same thing. So I was like, well, I guess it's a thing that even regular glutened people use. So I guess it'll be fine, but I don't know how it's gonna turn out because I've never used them before. Edges were a little crunchy, but overall it wasn't bad. I have never heard of that. I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of weird. I didn't, I wouldn't use them again. That's for sure. Okay, good to know, good to know. Um, so Riley ends up stopping his little tantrum because he realizes that it's 20 against one or 20, 21 against one, which is like <laughs> some pretty bad odds. And then he goes into this long speech about everything that's happening and everything that they have to do. And I do got to say, I was right in that he used like typical crowd, like stirring up tactics. I can't think of the better word for that, but he is uniting them. I mean, and Bree even calls his actions like not subtle at one point, but they work like he sometimes is uniting them, is sometimes pitting them against each other, like the leaders of the group. He's giving them a common en enemy. He's threatening their resources and their way of living. He then talks about a new way of living that they could have if they do what he says. Like, it's just, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It clearly works because we get to the end and they're about to go into battle, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see, but yeah, we know that they go, so. Basically, Riley frames it as the Cullens are coming for them, so they are going to ambush the Cullens before they can come after them. And he explains how they're older and how they have yellow eyes. And 
he says that together, like if they have unity, they will be able to take them down because there's only seven of them, even though they do have a lot of gifts. They All he mentioned is the mind reader, which is interesting to me because I feel like they, I don't even feel like they must know him and Victoria. Well, Victoria at least must know about Alice because she knows about not making the decisions in a way that Alice would see. Maybe she hasn't told Riley that. Maybe Riley does know and just thinks that this crowd is too dumb to understand, which is valid. Like, it's just interesting. I feel like also, I mean, they they don't know what Alice can foresee. They don't know if they've already lost, basically. Like, I, I think in Eclipse, we didn't know until like close to the end that Alice is like, I can foresee us winning, you know, like it's going to be, you know, we're going to be fine like this and that. So, you know, maybe Victoria is aware that there's Alice knows the outcome already. And if they were to the, not they, or they meaning the newborns, if they were to know that there is a being on the team that can see the odds and see the future and see whether they win or lose. Like if they were going to lose, they wouldn't be there. You know, they're only there because they know they're going to win. So maybe like if, if the newborns were to find out about this, they might be like, the odds are not in our favor. This is not worth fighting. So maybe keeping that a secret is just to keep morale high. That's honestly so smart too, because Victoria doesn't care ultimately about the outcome of that because she's just using them as a distraction so she can go after Bella. Absolutely. And I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of it. This whole thing was to keep Alice distracted on that. So she didn't see Victoria coming from the other side. So just leaving Alice focused on that, not even telling them about Alice, that's, that's its own thing. Victoria has other shit to worry about. And it's not that. Totally. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, let's see. Let us see. I thought at the bottom of page 103, Riley gives an excuse for why they can't know who their creator was. And I literally wrote, this is a genius excuse. And then I turned the page and Bree's like, this is stupid. And I was like, oh, my bad. But I'm going to read it really quick. I thought the exact same thing. I legit was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. And then I flipped the page and I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Oh, I'll read it really quick so you y'all can know what we're talking about. This is Riley talking. You don't know her name and you don't know what she looks like. This protects us all. If they'd stumbled across one of you alone, they wouldn't realize that you were connected to her and they might have let you be. If they knew you were part of her coven, there would be no delay in your execution. So now this is Brie narrating in her head. That didn't make sense to me. Didn't the secrecy protect her more than it protected any of us? Riley hurried on before we had too long to examine his statement. I was like, oh, I guess I'm stupid. <laughs> if I was a newborn, I would I would be dead right now. My head would be ripped off. <laughs> True, same. So Riley tells them that he's going to be teaching them fighting techniques. And... Um, he threatens them with severe punishment, loss of limb, um, if they don't obey what he says. And he's really creepy about it because he's literally smiling. <laughs> and then he separates them into teams. And then he pulls Bree aside and asks her to go upstairs with him so that they can talk. If I've learned one thing from true crime, do not go to the secondary location. You, This is not a good thing. I agree, but also, like, what what would she have said? No? I guess you're right. So they go upstairs, and nobody ever goes upstairs because they think that they'll be burned by the sunlight. And so Riley says to Bree, oh, you're really brave for coming up here without questioning it. And she's like, oh, fuck. I, I still don't know if he knows that she knows that the sun doesn't burn them. And also, it doesn't really matter that much, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, if 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 we were to assume that Riley knows that she knows, she's still there. Like, 
she knows and she's chosen to stay. So he can kind of like lean in, I guess, you know, he doesn't really have too much to lose at this point because if she had learned that information and was like, I'm going to bounce, she'd be gone by now, but she's chosen to stay. So that's an important thing to note in his mind. I honestly don't think that he knows. I don't, I feel like Diego has kept that a secret for Bree's sake. Yeah, I think so too. So basically Riley tells her where Diego is and he gives her the quote unquote secret messages about like ninja stuff to prove that um, Diego actually is still alive as we discussed is maybe true or not. And then he asks, Riley asks Bree to, first of all, he, he tries to be like, you should give Diego a chance. I'm like, this is not the time for this. <laughs> this is this was the part that I um that I thought was like, hmm, a little a little maybe a uh, little showing your hand a little bit, Riley. Um, I I want to I want to read it. Oh, don't write him off yet, Bree. He's the best. Like I said, give him a chance. I'm just picturing little hearts in his eyes when he says it. I don't know. I'm I might just be projecting. I might just want it too bad. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> They're all gonna die anyway, so you know, I I guess let's have a let's have a little bit of fun with it. Exactly. So Riley also asks Bree to like basically talk to Fred and say like can you just protect us all? Because if he like turned on his full power, then the Cullens potentially wouldn't be able to go near them. Like I'm sure there's a way somehow to circumvent it, but we haven't seen that happen yet. I I mean, well, I guess Edward isn't there. Never mind. I was about to be like, Edward always seems like he's on the verge of gagging in disgust anyways. So maybe he would be impervious. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, so they go back downstairs, and then they train. Riley trains all the newborn vampires for, isn't it like two days or three days? I think he said, I think she said three. Yeah, so um, Bree talks about how repetitive, repetitive it is, and her and Fred sit out, which I was kind of surprised that Riley let that happen, but I guess, like, what's he supposed to do? He can't, like, yell at Fred about it, really. And if Bree's going to hide by him, then that's that. Tell me this does not scream the goth kids in gym class. I will not tell you that because it does. It's I I was living for this. I was like, this would be 100% me. Like, mm, no, I'd rather not. I'm going to sit this one out. If I die, I die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brie is watching in case she has to use any of it, but she's hoping she'll be able to take off with Diego before the fight starts. Mm-hmm. Diego, Brie, and Fred. That would be the best coven. Yeah, it would. Like, imagine them just hanging. And and Fred would never have to use his gross powers, you know? Like, I mean, he hasn't interacted with Diego, like, at so I don't know what his opinions are of Diego. But at least with, he knows Brie's cool, you know? he. I feel like he wouldn't have to use them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But can he turn it off? I'm unclear on that. I mean, I feel like there's points where Bree is like, I felt it, and then it immediately stopped, or um, it like, maybe, I guess she's maybe getting comfortable with it. I was under the assumption that he could turn it on and off, or at least amplify it and turn it down. Yeah, I think I thought turn it down. I didn't know if he could totally turn it off, but I guess it's totally possible. I don't know. Um... This is about where on page 112 that my dumbass brain was like, wait a second. So then I wrote my notes. Wait, so how will Riley convince them to go during the day when they realize he's full of shit? And very soon after, actually, we won't cover that yet. But my point is, I didn't realize it right away. <laughs> I have been watching some of the newer episodes of Catfish. And when we get to it. It's like when when a catfish makes a lie and then they have to build the lie and then go even farther with the lie. And it's like absolutely bonkers, ridiculous, because they have no other way to explain the situation. 
I mean, they went with it, but I'm like, really? Really? I mean, I guess I guess this is a completely new culture and world for them, so anything is possible. But, like, this is an outlandish lie, given what we know about the vampire world. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about it. We're already talking about it. So Riley tells them that there's four days a year when they, the sun won't hurt them because of its angle to the earth. And I, I agree. I was like, they're buying this shit? <laughs> really? I like that at one point Brie was like, yeah, I guess maybe that could be true. And then maybe Diego and I just so happened to be on a four out of 365 day lucky streak where we hit another one of the days. But I highly doubt it. Yeah, because I feel like with the four, he's almost hinting that it's like seasonal, which I think she says that too. Yeah, I think you're right. So stupid. He doesn't tell them that yet. He tells them almost right before the battle. So we just skipped ahead a little bit, but I'll go back. So when the training is all over, Riley says that they're going to get a reward, which is just fucking unfortunate to read and horrific. They swim to Canada and they like find a ferry and they just Riley just lets them go fucking bonkers. And there's more people than this group of vampires needs. So they all just like way overdo it. How would the cops explain this one? I mean, I know they sink the boat, but I'm assuming they found some of the bodies and they saw that they were like drained of blood, but otherwise, I mean, they probably like, broke their necks or whatever, but I'm just like, what did they think happened? It is completely unrealistic to me because, like, are they in the ocean? Or in my brain, how I was picturing this was, like, they were not in the ocean. They were, like, around land. Um, She says it's a strait, which is, like, a strip of water between two pieces of land, right? That's exactly what I was picturing. It is completely unbelievable for me that, one, this ship just sinks... And everyone's okay with it. Like, I'm sure that there was some kind of communication with this fairy and some entity. When the fairy doesn't show up, they'd likely track it. And then if it's in a strait like that, they'd probably, like, have scuba divers or drag in the area. They'd probably find the ship and be like, oh, shoot, the ship sank. 400 people like I'm I'm guessing it's probably like 100-ish people maybe maybe a little bit more but like none of those bodies surfaced the barracudas ate all of them really it is unbelievable that this just was like yep that's totally fine it happened no one's gonna ask any questions well I don't think it's that no one asked any questions I'm sure they did but like why would Bella wouldn't have seen it I'm just wondering what they would have thought because they definitely had to find the bodies. And I don't remember them like, because at the beginning of the book, Bree and Diego clean up after themselves. They hide the bodies under that boulder. So, but they don't do it here, do they? I don't think so. Yeah. They just like leave it there, I think. So they would have for sure found, I'm just like, how did they explain this? This would be the unsolved mystery to end all, all unsolved mysteries. Absolutely. There's a whole X-Files episode that is about a ship that sank. And um, I guess it's actually a ghost ship. It didn't sink. But they're like, how did everyone die? And it seems like everyone's getting really old, but really they're just getting really dehydrated because there's salt in their water. Oh, bummer. I really like the episode because it's partly in Norwegian and... I was trying to learn Norwegian for a long period of time, and it's just, it didn't stick. Duolingo is there for you when you're ready. This is actually a really great segue into something I've wanted to tell you, which you can leave in the podcast or not. But my issue with Duolingo is that it's a really great way to learn vocabulary and just, like, memorize stuff but it does not tell you why you do things so like in Norwegian there's three different words for the word the or then 
And it does not tell you when you use the word. You just get the sentence wrong. And it's like, you should have used de, not den. And I'm like, why though? You have no explanation as to why. And they're interchangeable to me. So I've really wanted to learn, just be bilingual in some way. I just really want to do that. And I, I'm just so envious of other countries that have great education systems that really promote that. So I've, for the past like two months now, maybe three, I've been doing Duolingo Spanish because I have that base of education from high school and I know why things are the way that they are. And it's been going really well and it's making me really happy. That's awesome. I'm super happy for you. I think it'd be so cool to be bilingual too. And if listeners, if you know of any other like programs or apps that do have that explanation and are better slash have worked for you, let us know in the comments. I know I used Memorize for a while. You have to pay money to get the good stuff on it, but it was really great. I did buy a year pers prescription. I did buy a year subscription to it. And th what I really liked about that is that they have video recordings of locals speaking the sentences. So you hear different sort of inflections and voices and you hear actual people, not robots, saying the words and the sentences. And I really love that. But again, it was the same thing where it was like it would teach you things, but not tell you why those things are the way that they are. Right. Damn. Yeah, let us know. Okay, so after this horrible carnage, they run back to their house. And then this is when Riley delivers three final pieces of news. First, he tells them that they have yellow eyes, so they're freaked out by that. Then he introduces them to Bella's scent by passing around that, that infamous red shirt that they stole. I'm like, damn it, I wanted it to be a sock, but it's fine. <laughs> what would the shirt have to smell like to you to get you this excited? Mm, good question. Cold pork. Yes. I I was thinking maybe maybe like a chocolate cake because they say it's dessert because it's sweet. So I'm like, maybe chocolate cake, maybe brownies. <sighs> brownies, that sounds really good. I don't know. I maybe lasagna. Honestly, maybe lasagna. <laughs> yeah, if I had to pick dessert, I would say like a cookie cake. Oh, yeah. Like when you're walking through the mall and you walk by the, the soft cookie store or the soft cookie shop -a, that smell, amazing. <laughs> totally agree. Okay. Um, Riley tells them that whoever gets to her first can have her, which Brie thinks is really weird. And I want to read her reasoning because it's smart. She is really smart. So this is on page 126. Weren't we supposed to be destroying the yellow-eyed coven? Unity was supposed to be the key, not a first-come, first-served prize that only one vampire could win. The only guaranteed outcome from this plan was one dead human. I could think of half a dozen more productive ways to motivate this army. The one who kills the most yellow-eyes wins the girl. The one who shows the best team cooperation gets the girl. The one who sticks to the plan best. The one who follows orders best. MVP, etc. The focus should be on the danger, which was definitely not the human. And Fred is also frowning at this, too. The clues are all there. Run. Run. Yeah, it's just so complex that, I mean, they don't even know who Victoria is. So they have no concept of why this is so important. And, you know, there's just so much going on that they don't even know about. That it's like, she really is making a lot of really great observations, but it would be it would be so hard to connect the dots in the appropriate way when you really don't have all the information. Totally. I do got to say, too, like, witnessing it from this side, I'm like, all this for Bella Swan? <laughs> like, even she would argue she's not worth it. <laughs> Oh my God, Victoria is thirsty, but in a bad way. Totally. <laughs> okay, so then Riley does the awful four days of year thing about the sun. 
So then he makes everyone come outside. I think he rips some arms off of people who don't want to go. He just, that's like his go-to for getting stuff done, which is kind of fucked up. But eventually everyone is outside and is like admiring how cool they look and all that and how they can be outside. I mean, think about these people have not seen the sun for like however long they've been alive for Bree. It's three months. She seems kind of newish, you know, so it's like it's crazy and sad to think about. Yeah, I mean, we saw how hard it was for Bree to get over this, let alone everyone else. I mean, this is like Bree had Diego, who she, at the time was kind of feeling like she could maybe trust him. I feel like none of these people trust each other at all. So to have one individual be like, it's okay, come on, it's totally fine, when you don't really trust him that much, like, I would be terrified. Me too. Yeah, I would think I was being punked. P-U-N-K apostrophe D. The classic. They need to bring that back. With Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Um, I wanted to point out one more thing on, we passed this already, but on page 126 at the bottom. Um, Riley says, I won't ask you to do anything I won't do. Remember that. I'm with you guys every step of the way. That just really stuck out to me because I'm like, he is a- about three seconds from abandoning them entirely, which is so crazy. Similarly, when he hands the bag of Bella's smell around, he says something along the uh, along the lines of like, I've been doing recon on on the area or something. He goes, you know, I protect my babies or I protect my children. And I was like, ew, don't say that. It was so uncomfortable. (laughs) I hate like reading it. I was like, Riley strikes me as like a 19 year old. Like I'm picturing him talking to 20 something like young adults. Like you are my babies and I will protect you. Like shut up. Ew. You know what I just realized is that Riley has church youth group leader energy. (laughs) Just like out of her seat. I'm signing off right now. I'm getting out of here. (laughs) Am I wrong? Riley owns Birkenstocks. For sure. And like a weird bolo tie for no reason. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> okay. So that's pretty much where we leave off. Um, they're all outside and then he decides to um, let them practice a little bit more before they head out. And yeah. Riley gives them, like, the tactics that we already know, Alice knows about, how they're going to split into two, which she had seen several days before. He gives the shirt around again, and now everyone hasn't hunted in a few days, so now they're, like, extra hungry. And, yeah, the tension is for sure building. It was an interesting place to stop because, yeah, they're just about to leave for this fight. Well, I think it's an interesting place to stop, too, because literally at the very end, they start to move forward, but Fred moves back while still facing forward. So, like, it's not like he turns around and leaves. He just goes backwards and is probably using his powers to make himself a little invisible at this point. And Bree follows him. And it, I think we're about to get a conversation with them when we start the next section about what Fred is observing and what his thoughts are. Yeah, I think so, too. I love when my random plans work out to be cool for the pod you're welcome (laughs) okay was there anything that i didn't cover that you want to talk about no i feel like this section was pretty straightforward even if it was manipulative like i mean we as the readers have that dramatic irony where we know everything that's going on right now so not much is hidden to us but it is it's interesting to read it from the perspective of someone who has literally no idea what's going on. Right. Yeah. Tragedy awaits us. Um, I mean, we know what happens in the last section, so we're going to finish the book, the novella, for the the next episode. So do you have any specific predictions or anything that you think will come up? I mean, you've named one or a few so far this episode, but do you have any more? I just think there's just going to be a very tragic ending to the Diego and Brie storyline clearly Brie is the only one that's left and 
I she mentions Diego's name in Eclipse, I believe. I believe she says his name specifically. And she has forfeited and has joined the Cullens at the end of Eclipse. I don't know if joined is the right word, but has said, I I don't want to die. I'll do what you say. And I just feel like there's just going to be, she, I feel like she's going to see something really bad. I think that she's going to see Diego die in front of her eyes. She might see Fred die in front of her eyes. I like the only reason that she would do this is because she has no, no other choice. It's either that or death. And I don't know. I just think it's going to be really hard to read. Yeah, I think so too. I'd be interested we'll do this on the next episode to go back and just open that page of Eclipse where she talks. Cause I think she only has like two lines. So yeah, we'll have to see who she mentions and what she says. Cause I don't really remember. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is a sobering note to end on. I'm about to go make some motherfucking spaghetti. I ordered Indian food and it was delivered at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And it, is just I'm looking at it right now my kitchen counter it's beautiful I'm I'm gonna say it Indian food has skyrocketed to my number one favorite type of food it is so delicious I could eat it every single day of my life and I would be okay with it the flavor profile is bar none bar none and just like I I feel like it gets so much hate in the media or so much just like Maybe maybe the media isn't right. I feel like white people just don't give it don't give it the time of day, and that's just you're just you're just doing yourself a disservice because the flavors are insane. It's creamy. It can be it can be soft. It can be a little crunchy. It can be it can have meat. It can be vegetarian. It's it is really great with a lot of different diets. I mean, it's like pretty much everything is gluten free in it. And a, like a lot, a lot, a lot of it is vegetarian. And a lot of it uses coconut milk. So my mouth is filling with saliva. I had to swallow because I'm thinking about eating it. A lot of it uses coconut milk. So a lot of it can be dairy free. I did get sog paneer, which is cheese. And I mean, that's not dairy free, but still amazing. 10 out of 10. Indian food. If, if you're not going to do the steam summer sale, do the Indian food. That's my number two recommendations corner this week. We are begging you. <laughs> I don't want to stand between you and your Indian food, so will you give them the rundown on the socials real quick? Of course. Please hit us up on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays After Twilight. It's the best way to reach us quickly. You know, we get those notifications. If you want to chat with us, we're there for you. If you want to do something less than 150 characters, you feel like that's more your vibe, you can hit us up on Twitter at TaftPod. If you want to send us something more long form, you can hit us up on our email, which is TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. We are approaching our Eclipse watch party, which is a Patreon event. So if you'd like to take part in that, you can donate to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash TuesdaysAreForTwilight. And if you would rather, you know, give your money to perhaps a worthier cause than us, you can look at the Quileutes and their efforts their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. You can find out more information and donate at www.mthg.org. And for this event, we're also offering people who donate to the Uvalde families. And you can find out more information on that on our link trees. We have some links there that you can donate to. So if you do any of those three things, you can come to our patron event and we'd love to see you there. Yeah, we're going to do a watch party for Eclipse. And yeah, I should add too that if you send us any proof of donation that you visited the the website we mentioned at the beginning for abortion access and abortion funds, we'll accept you for that too. We are open to all these causes. So please donate and, and give where your heart leads you to give. Paige, what do you got for the sign off? If this is tree themed, I'm going to kill you. Don't let, don't let, don't let sulfurous energy boil in your stomach. Don't let yourself become a barrel of toxic waste. You, you will be acidic. 
You will burn. It will hurt you. Swallow that bile and become a clean, pure person. Send out positive light. Don't be toxic waste. Just be regular waste. <laughs> okay. See you next week for the conclusion of Brie Tanner. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.